0: Okay, everybody wants good love, that's true, I know. Derrick Jones about to break it down with the Relationship Gumbo. Welcome to the podcast, ain't no doubt we all need this, ayy. Cause better relationships need better ingredients, ayy. So if you want better relations, it's about communication. Finding love, staying together, we all want to make it better, yeah. Derrick Jones, the host, your relationship coach. Thank you all for tuning in, Relationship Gumbo.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Relationship Gumbo Podcast. My name is Derek Jones and I'm your host. I'm a certified life and relationship coach, an engineer, a strategist, and a mental health advocate. So tonight, not only do we have an amazing guest that you guys will recognize, that you know and love, but we have a topic that everybody should care about. We're talking about healing. What does healing really look like? Um, I'm going to save my thoughts about that in a minute. I was about to say something, but I want our guests to chime in on this conversation. So I'm going to go ahead and bring her up right now. And intro- she's going to introduce herself to you, but you guys should know who this is. So hold on one second. Here she comes.
2: Hey. So she, yep,
1: you're <laughs> unmuted. Welcome back. It's Gracia Phillips, Guys, y'all know the last hey. time she was here, it was amazing. I think we both couldn't stop talking. We were just, we were just getting, you was getting all that information out. Um, and I do want to say this, um, if you if you don't, if you aren't familiar with her tonight, you're in for a treat. Um, healing is the topic, but I want her to introduce herself, tell us a little bit about what you do um, and who you are.
2: Yes, well, thank you for having me back. <laughs> really love being on your show, among all the other ones I've been on thanks to you. Um, So I'm Alta Felix, Alta Gracia is my name, Alta for sure. It's much easier to swallow. And I am an intuitive trauma coach. I specialize in helping women who have experienced intimate partner abuse heal their relationship with themselves first, then with others, and then their money. Um, And I do this through a bunch of different modalities, but I have found that um, facilitating circles and holding space for women in that way has been the most powerful way for me to facilitate healing or just hold the space for the women to do the necessary work. So I'm really excited to be here today talking about this topic because there's so many different shades and layers to it. And I I think we get to unpack that today.
1: Yep, absolutely. I'm excited about it because, um, and I'm gonna ask you a question in a second, because a lot of us say the words, um, but we really don't know what it really entails or what it looks like or the how um, and a lot of people say it tongue in cheek. You know, how these people you hear them say, "I've been healing for ten years," and I'm like, "Well, what have you been doing for ten years that you you don't?" And they and and I'm going to ask you this question, and then I'll kind of piggyback on it before I say that. So, general, because we're going to dig a little deeper. Generally speaking, um, when you hear someone say well, for yourself, because you're the professional, the word healing, what does that mean, and what do most people get wrong about it?
2: Oh, um. To me, and the way that I like to describe healing is going in and doing the work, Um, not tiptoeing around the trauma or the feelings or the triggers, not using um, those triggers, the trauma and all of that as excuses or as crutches. Healing is really going in there and saying, okay, like this happened, this is awful, what next? Like, you know, what can I do with this next? What, What can I take from this experience that I can use to transform my life. And I, I firmly believe that there's always a gift in the trauma. Um, sometimes that gift is for you, and sometimes that gift is for someone else. Mm-hmm. And even when it's not for you, and I think that's that's a hard part too, is when it's not for you and it's for someone else, that that sometimes feels like, how can that possibly be a gift? Um, but I think giving is just as powerful as receiving. Right. Yeah.
1: And so, then. Yeah, go I'm ahead. sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I, I, jumped, I jumped the gun. You were going to the second. the second. what do what do you in your experience? Where do you what do you think most people get wrong about healing and their idea of what it is or what it looks like?
2: A burying it. So they think like I acknowledge it. I see this thing. It happened. And now I don't want to think about it anymore. I don't want to deal with it. And I just want to, like, move on from it not realizing that um, those types of experience get stuck way beyond the mental level and you have the the spiritual the physical the emotional like there are layers to it Mm -hmm. and just saying it's here i cried i talked about it and now it's over that's not really um the process but i do see a lot of people do that and then they're like i'm all you know i'm over it but then they go over here and this person triggers them or you know, any, any one of the things that could come up and they lash out. Right. Or they mm. implode, you know, they, they react rather than respond.
1: Yeah. I always tell people, cause I know you've heard this before where people say, you know, you can't move on or you can't um, move forward past something until you're fully, they use the word fully healed. Mm. And I always tell them there's no such thing. <laughs> 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 they want it to disappear. And I'm like, no, it's still there. Like, Like Mm -hmm. people don't realize that when you experience things that traumatize you, you just can't snap your fingers and it just goes away. You can't sit in the house for two years and three years and think, oh, if I if I just, you know, out of sight, out of mind, it's just going to disappear until Mm -hmm. you get triggered. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, oh, wait. (laughs) So um, so I'm looking at these bullet points that I have here. And I'm, I have them in a certain order, but every, as we flow, I feel like I need to I need to go somewhere um, different than the lineup I have. So l- let's do this. Um, I have a note here about leaning into different modalities of healing, traditional and non-traditional. So follow my lead. I want you to talk about traditional and non-traditional. And then we're going to talk about some areas where people... Um, normally find themselves in issues um, uh, and where trauma normally lasts for for a lot of people. We're going to get into some of those categories, but I want you to talk about the different modalities of healing first, and then we'll go into some of the examples of where people kind of lie with uh, some of the things they experience.
2: Okay. So um, we'll start with traditional, right? Traditional modalities of healing look like therapy. Whether that's group therapy, one-on-one therapy, family therapy, couples therapy, all things under the umbrella therapy is usually the traditional route that um, most people go, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's a lot of benefit in that, um, in going that route. Other routes would be church, right? A lot of people lean on the church. They'll go to church. They lean on the pastor. They lean on that community, um, and they reap benefits from that. Also, not um, no issues with that. Absolutely, go for it. Uh, let me think therapist, psychologists, vacation is one that people tend to try to use, which is a traditional like go away, right? go away. That's usually a traditional response to having had a terrible um, experience. And those are the top three I think that I would that I have on my mind. Are there others that you that you can think about?
1: For traditional mm-hmm. that, that's about it. like I, I think even even speaking even further, um, I think whether non traditional or traditional, I think a lot of people think that they have some answer outside of the scope of both of them.
2: Mm. And they and
1: they think that they have it all figured out and they don't have a plan of action, they don't have a path to cross. So when I when I love when that I, you shared that. Yeah. Yeah. When I think about um what you what you described as traditional I think this is the area where most people are afraid of because they have to kind of be vulnerable in front of someone that Uh, is probably a stranger, especially in the black community, you know, um, in the stigmas and all of that. Um, We would love for this to be a viable option and we work at it every day to try to get people to to use coaches and therapists and these kind of things. But this is probably the one, I don't even know what you're going to say about non-traditional, but this one right here scares a lot of people because they don't want to feel like they're judged and all of this stuff. And I can what I always try to tell people and you can piggyback on this is that it's really not about judgment. It's really about you gaining some new tools. Yeah. So if you have anything to add on to that, and then you can go into the non-traditional.
2: Yeah. I know for me, I have tried to go to therapy and completely unsuccessful experiences, Mm -hmm. like just couldn't mesh, couldn't gel. I don't know why, Um, but it didn't work. And I, and I've tried multiple times, like in the past and it just never, ever, I think I couldn't go more than one or two sessions. And so for me, I had to figure out what are these other non-traditional ways of healing? What else is out there that I can utilize? Because I don't know if this is true for everyone, but I'm, I was already, I felt like I was broken. Mm-hmm. And when I would go into a therapist's office, they would make me feel more broken. And I didn't mm-hmm. want to feel more broken, right? Right. And so I felt like this was more, um, like it just wasn't for me, right? Because that wasn't the way my body, my soul, my spirit wanted to heal. My spirit, my soul, and my body wanted something else. And the goal, healed, the goal here is for me to heal. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's here or if it's somewhere else. And right. so I had to lean on, other non-traditional modalities. And so I agree with what you said about not feeling comfortable being in a room. And I think that is that probably was the case for me, not mm-hmm. feeling comfortable around someone and feeling judged um, and criticized. And like, you don't know, you know the whole, you don't right. know my life kind of a yeah. thing. Yep. So what I leaned on was uh, heavily on spirituality mm-hmm. as a means for healing. And what I mean by spirituality, I mean like using mother earth as a vehicle right so grounding like learning what it means to Mm -hmm. sit still and to be in my emotions and not push past my emotions so you have nature as a non-traditional modality Mm -hmm. for healing you have um coaches Mm -hmm. as a non-traditional modality becoming more traditional now but yeah in Mm -hmm. essence non-traditional right you know we go get certified out of ethics but mm-hmm. there isn't a board right. you know, right. <laughs> overseeing us. And so non-traditional, I would put coaches in that category as well. Mm-hmm. Women's circles, women's circles go back over 30,000 years. Mm-hmm. The patriarchy, although I love men, the <laughs> patriarchal system stomp that down right because women were were doing a lot of things uh, with nature and and healing each other and supporting each other and that couldn't go right like that couldn't go on and i can go on a tangent on that but i won't so (laughs) women's circles coaches nature as a healer um you have shamans right Mm -hmm. shamans are great uh great healers you have um people that do other types of spiritual work. Like, mm-hmm. let's open, our, in my opinion, let's open ourselves up to the, right. the fact that there is a world we cannot see with mm-hmm. our own two eyes that exists. And I believe, you know, God being the the creator of all things, God is the creator of this um, other source of, of healing and energy and things that mm-hmm. we could use that some people have access to. Right. And we should use these people when these other traditional forms aren't getting it done for us
1: right yeah this um this is kind of sort of how i felt about um meditation Mm -hmm. um it'll make sense when i'm done but when i when i um when i thought about you know when i was going through a lot of bouts of like stress and different things and i was like i need to find a way to calm myself and i was like everybody says do meditation right so when i when i started looking at like different ways that I can meditate, I was trying to mimic what I saw in it, And it really didn't connect with me. Like the waves crashing in the distance. The sing, I had a singing bowl. I had, a. I, I tried everything. And I was like, it's not really, it's not doing nothing for me. It's a little aggravating a little bit. So I was like, yeah, it's quiet. I hear the birds chirping and all. I was like, I can't. But what I realized was in the way that I operate in life is I always look at solutions having multiple layers, perspectives, different lanes that you can go down. I just didn't find the one that I, that worked for me, but that didn't mean give up. And that's the way that I feel about um, these modalities you're talking about. Just because you go down one path and it doesn't work doesn't mean you give up because you know you still have work to do. And mm-hmm. I eventually found that music, like certain types of music that I like, that was the thing. And then I was like... Yes. Mm. But I was trying I so hard to make the other stuff work that it didn't work. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> but then I was like, I don't have to be like them. I have to be, I have to go with what feels, what feels right for me. And I think that that mm-hmm. lends itself into what you were kind of talking about. Like some people, and I have a couple comments I'm going to read here too. Some people will go traditional. Maybe it doesn't work for them per se. And then they're like, well, I'm done. And they mm-hmm. don't even look at the fact that there are other ways. And I think that that's the importance of having you on here as well, is because you can actually speak to some of these things that people normally don't think about.
0: Right. Um,
1: I want to read a couple comments, and then we're gonna um, go back into the uh, to the points here. Love Tucker says therapists are often, but uh, awesome. But you do need to speak to a few like first dates to find out who will be comfortable for you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Nisha says, "Oh, I like this lady." <laughs> so, <laughs> I told y'all. So, but but that but in, in, as you as I'm as i I'm, I'm going back through what you just said. It makes a lot of sense when you think about how we talk about energy and connectivity, even to people, but even connecting with ourselves, connecting with nature. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't. I the the whole grounding thing. I didn't even really like learn about that until like a couple years ago, and I was like,
2: it is so powerful.
1: Wow! Like (sighs) we be so in the hustle and bustle that we don't even think about being mindful about the stuff that's around us and the grass and the trees and the breezes and all, and and using that as a way for us to kind of get to a point where we can receive whatever information it is for us to to learn so if nature you have any other additional comments on that then we'll move on to I, the next thing
2: okay I'm like as i do i do i do <laughs> nature is in in as a whole is a beautiful teacher right it's a beautiful teacher and i think i'm just going to use this, this one example right um, i often hear who am i as a question, especially when you're on the healing journey, right? Because oftentimes you lose yourself, right? It's, it, especially women that have experienced the type of traumas that I specialize in, which is intimate partner abuse, you lose yourself. And there's a journey that you have to go on back to you. And the question often is, who am I sometimes? You know, once you get to a certain point, you start to ask that. Mm-hmm and what came to me one day while being out in nature after having a circle and listening like you know holding space and listening to one of the ladies that was in the circle ask that question and then me reflect that question back on myself and really hold on to it because it's we don't think about it but we ask it going out into nature and then walking around and and seeing a butterfly and being mindful and present enough to to notice the butterfly And what I realized in in looking at it was the butterfly never wonders who it is or what it is. Doesn't waste time trying to figure out who am I. It goes from being a caterpillar, gets cocooned, turns into a liquid and comes out as something completely different and never once questions the process and the rebirthing that happens. It just comes out and blossoms into whatever it is and my answer to that question ended up being after watching is i am like i can't be defined nor do i want to be defined i don't want to mm-hmm. be put in a box i am not just a survivor i am not just a mom i am not just a partner i am in my vision i am love because that's what god is god created us in his image and that is love and so if i am love then i can grow through heal through and push through anything and transform into anything and still be amazing and so if we can lean on nature as not only a place to ground but also a teacher Mm -hmm. like there's so much to be learned so much to be learned and how we can how we can use um the wisdom that already exists and adopt it because we've been disconnected
1: yeah and i i talk about um the who am i um thing a lot um, even even um, using myself as an example but a lot of us as we grow and experience life there are certain things that we gravitate towards and then we we naturally gravitate towards and then we stifle ourselves because we let the outside world kind of push us in directions in our family and different people in our lives try to push us in a direction that they think that we should go in versus mm-hmm. following what's what's what you have a passion and a passionate for and, and the things that naturally come to you. Um, and, and that, I think it's getting better now as the generations, you know, come and we, as we grow. Um, but I know that the, the baby boomers, they was trying to put us in a, they was trying to put us in, yeah. a, in a, you must yep. do this mm-hmm. or you won't mm-hmm. be anything. And it's like, no, no, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. Nope. You're going to do this. And, mm-hmm it stifles your growth. And and so what you're saying is is very important because if you haven't done it and at some point of your life, you have to really be able to just kind of like exhale and really figure out like, am I really doing what I feel that I'm naturally supposed to do and be here for? Or am I really just letting other things dictate who Mm -hmm. I am and and who I need to be in life? And that's- You can put into a a box. Yeah, yeah. And, and it stifles your growth and it stifles what your what your purpose is, is here on Earth. Like, ooh, it took me a long time to, to really just breathe and say, you know what? I could care less about y'all. I'm about to do me and be me. And uh, yeah. So anyway, any, yes. any other minor comments you have? And then we're going to keep it moving. I'm, I'm going to say one
2: and I'm going to move on. I'm going to say one is that humans ha- are the only species on Earth that has forgotten their purpose. I believe that like that's it.
1: That is, that's an amazing. Um, yeah, I really believe that. Um, and that's and that, and that part sucks. Cause as I look at, and I know I'm, I'm on these little mini tangents, but I'm having these little things come in my mind. As you look at these little kids growing up and they're so excited about life and they're in there, mm-hmm. they have access to so much information and to look at that and say, no, stop do this instead it it almost breaks my heart to see that man because they these little these kids now i mean they have they have some pros and cons but they, but they definitely um the stuff that they're exposed to in the in the creativity that they have is through the roof mm-hmm. um and i would and that and as a parent i could never at this point i could never like if she says she wants to, tr- to to go somewhere and do something or dream this or passionate about this, then I'm, I'm the biggest cheerleader. Like we not, right. we're not, <laughs> right. not going to stunt your growth over here. So, um, so what we're going to do next is we're going to talk about a couple of areas um, that we want to identify. And I do want to give a disclaimer. This is not every area. These are just a couple that we're going to highlight tonight um, just so that you guys can kind of connect with um, where we're going with this. Um, And and for those that are just coming in, we're talking about healing and what does it really look like? So the first area, because I don't want to get off track, even though I probably did a little bit, but it's (laughs) okay, it's my show. So (laughs) um, so let's talk about. um, And I talk about this a lot, too, but I want to hear from you. Um, We're going to talk about how a lot of people show up in their adulthood based on their childhood experiences. Mm. So. I don't know if you have, if you just want to start talking off the top or.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, it shows up in so many ways. Oh my goodness. And we don't think about them. Um, and, and I'm sharing it more from the perspective of how can we as adults do better for our children? Mm-hmm. Because if we look at ourselves and, and if you're doing the healing work, you are going to see how your childhood impacted the way you show up, the way you make decisions, all that stuff as an adult, Um, how the people who were around you as a child influenced the way you think and what you value and what you don't value. Like you will see so much um, in doing that kind of work that it's important as adults to be the last flame, right? Generational trauma. How can you be the last flame? How can you do a, a, a level of work and, and provide a level of sacrifice that allows the next person, the next generation, to not burn, right? to not have to suffer? Um, and that's—it's uncomfortable. Like you know the the whole you know do what I do as I say because I said so right thing we grew up with, <laughs> right?
1: I know it and, will.
2: Yeah, and we turn around and tell our kids, do as I say because I said so. But we know how that stifled us as adults, right? We go out Mm -hmm. into the world, and when our boss is telling us to do something that we're not necessarily in alignment, you're either going to do two things, right? You're either going to lash out or lose your job, or you're going to fall in line and do as you're told and not speak up and not get what you deserve because that's what you were taught to do, right? Right. That's, That's how you ended up on the good side <laughs> by doing that. And so, yes, there are there's good things about that. I'm not saying that there that it's the worst thing on earth. But we need to learn to give our children a voice now mm-hmm. so, and and allow them to be comfortable speaking up in a room full of adults now so that when they become adults, they're able to speak in those rooms and they don't feel like they need to be stifled. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I think about that it's like, we already went through it. We can't go back and change it. We just got to do the work now to heal ourselves, but, and forgive our parents, right? Because they only did what their parents did. That's <laughs> usually Very how this goes. And so forgive them and, and and support them as best as you can in them doing the work that they need to do to heal if they want to, because that's also yeah. not your responsibility.
1: Right. Um, right.
2: Your responsibility is yourself and then the generation that comes after you. I, at least that's the way that I see it.
1: Right. Yeah, this, um, so when you when you talk about this in the, in the show, we're talking about healing. I think when we talk about childhood trauma, things that happen in your childhood that affect you as an adult, I think a lot of people um, will, will feel like something may be coming from their childhood, but then when you talk about healing, Then there's a point where they kind of pause and they don't necessarily know how to go about figuring out like and I know we talked about therapists and things like that, but just even having and and that's why people like you exist, because you you have the, the tools to be able to kind of step them through some of these things. But I feel like a lot of people know that they need to do work, but they don't know where to start. They don't know how to kind of tap into that stuff. And that's why I was, uh, um, you know, the things that you talked about earlier, even the non-traditional stuff, it's a way for you to center yourself so that you can be able to kind of look at those things so that you can find a point where you need to start healing. Um, That part right there, I think for me, it was difficult for a long time because I knew something was off, but I didn't know that it came from when I was a, a little kid. And then the I think the only thing that made me really t- take a look at it deeper was the fact that I looked at all the stuff that I wasn't doing right and I got tired of it. And I was like, there's a pattern. And I was like, as you step through the pattern, I eventually went all the way back. I think I stopped at like, maybe like nineteen twenty, And then I was like, no, it goes back even further than that. And as I went through, I was like, the aha moment came and I was like, wow. So then as I had the aha moment, I, I fast forwarded back through everything and I was like, it all comes from that place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it is the most, I would say, enlightening moment when you can actually do that and then you now have the opportunity to move forward and make better decisions Mm -hmm. because I always tell people once you can tell me what's wrong you can't use it as an excuse anymore I love that (laughs) how many more years you going to say my mama did this and this is why I'm treating people like that you you can't keep using the excuse now that you know what to call it so Mm -hmm. um if there's anything you want to add we'll move to the next thing
2: yeah I want to speak to what you were saying about not knowing where to start Mm mm-hmm and I wanna speak to that. I'm, I'm gonna give a short story and then I'm, I'm gonna give two short stories. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. start with a client that I had. Um, we worked together one-on-one and we were doing work around you know, financial trauma and really getting, getting around that. And a part of my work is we have to go, my one-on-work mostly, we have to go to the past. Mm-hmm. Right? If we're gonna uproot, we have to go. And so I invite my clients to literally write their life story from as far back as they can remember one memory per year. Mm-hmm. And as they go through that process, I then take the assignment and I, I look for energy. So as I'm looking at it, I'm finding the energy. I'm finding the patterns. I'm mm-hmm. finding the emotions. I'm looking at the languaging
1: yep. that
2: they're using, re- really breaking it down. And then we meet together in a session and we go through it, right? Now I have them read it to me. I already did my part, but now I want them mm-hmm. to read it to me because now I want to see how they're reacting to what they're reading. And what I had one client where we were able to basically identify she didn't have childhood trauma or so she thought, right? Her childhood trauma was that um, she could never get in with the cool kids, right? You know, her perception of the cool kids, she could never get in with them, you know, or Mm -hmm. whenever they did things, they always picked on her. If they invited her, they always like basically treated her like the outcast and she was always Mm -hmm. trying to get in and they always pushed her out. So when she met this guy 20 years later, who was a part of this type of a group, right? The mm-hmm. popular group. And he took her in and allowed her to become a part of that group. She couldn't see the red flags. She didn't want to see them. Mm-hmm. She finally mm-hmm. got what she wanted, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was the foundation of her putting up with all the bullshit. can I say it's it? A, can I say a, it? A, a I can of another it All show. of the bullshit. <laughs> Right? I can't even think of another word that um, that she put up with up until that point, until she decided to go right. And so, in order for us to move on to the next thing, she needed to recognize that we needed to acknowledge mm-hmm. that we needed to do the forgiveness work around that, all the things. Um, but I just wanted to share that to say that it, she didn't grow up in a household where her parents were beating on each other, or you know, she grew up in a two parent household, very happy, um, you know, good childhood. And as far as her memory is concerned, except for that piece, but that piece contributed mm-hmm. to how she showed up in her life um the other story i'm gonna say is about me like Mm -hmm. maybe eight months ago i discovered a new trauma that i Mm -hmm. need to work on right and i always say you heal up to the level of your awareness and as you become more aware you find new things i need to get Mm -hmm. uprooted work through and so that you can continue on The, the key here is to learn the skills and the tools to be able to do that right so that you're not spending years doing it, you learn how to do it quickly. But what I've realized is that the trauma that came up for me is around my um, diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis when I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And what that did, quote unquote, to my life, the life that I thought I was going to have. Mm-hmm. And I spent six months ignoring it because I just didn't want to do the work. I already know how much work this is. And I'm like, I don't want to do the work. <laughs> and I just realized this week that i this is a gift because I've done so much healing. I mean, I've healed so much of my life and now I get to heal this one thing, this one thing, but I get to watch myself doing it. And I get to document this process now. Mm-hmm. And I get to, to like really hone it in and tell people. So when you said, sometimes you don't know where to start. Yeah, sometimes you don't know where to start.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the thing is you still have to start. And sometimes starting just looks like accepting that there is something there.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I I think um, the part that you said about language, that Mm -hmm. thing, people don't realize, I always tell people this, um, the words you choose matter. Because you have so many ways to say the same thing. But the ones that you choose to express how you feel or how you think tell a story about you. Mm-hmm. um that's that's very powerful that's why it's important to write stuff down um because you really get to see yourself in your words um yeah so we have the next the next point um uh, kind of piggybacks on that um and um and because you because you coach women we're gonna we're gonna target women on this one um and the bullet point says what women will put up with stems from their childhood hood experience and if you want to couple these two, because I know they kind of go hand in hand, the next the next bullet point after that is about boundaries being a tool mm-hmm. and not a weapon. So first, mm-hmm. we'll talk about um, what women will put up with stems from their childhood experience. So if you could speak to mm-hmm. that.
2: hmm So um, our stories are all unique. They're all the same in a way, but they're all very unique, right? The same is that we we suffered. Um, how we suffered, how we process that suffering, how that suffering um, shaped the way we think, the way we we act, um, the way we respond, is unique to each person. And so, what we put up with is 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 a residual of what we saw or were exposed to as kids. I grew up in a household where my parents were very toxic towards each other. Um, Lo and behold, nine out of the 10 kids ended up in toxic, abusive relationships. Mm. And so even though we all said, this will never happen to me, we put up with the little things that were red flags because they were normal, Mm -hmm. right? They felt normal. And so arguing and yelling at the top of your lungs and cursing at each other, that's normal because you're in a heated argument. No, it's not, (laughs) that is not normal and that is not healthy. Right, Um, leaving, storming out the house and not coming back into the house until, you know, who knows when, that's not healthy, right? That's not a healthy response to a disagreement. Yet you'll put up with that if you grew up seeing that. If you grew up seeing that and seeing your mom or your dad putting up with that. Like both of my parents were abusive. It wasn't just one, they both both were toxic. And and I was toxic as hell because of it too. I used to feel like if a guy pissed me off, I had the right to smack him. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I had the right, right? Because he did it. He did the thing that sent me over the edge because Mm. that's what I grew up seeing. And even though we're not talking about what the guy puts up with, It's in essence, I was willing to put up with the BS because I get to smack him afterwards and then we get to kiss and make up and everything is, you know, back to normal. And that's not, um, that's not healthy. So it's very important to, to become aware of the way you show up in the world. Like really learn and start to become aware everything you do, even if it's wrong. It's not about wrong or right. Let me just get that out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're doing this healing work and we're doing the self-inquiry, there's no wrong or right. Do not judge yourself for the choices that you have made. You made them for a reason and they served you when they did, right? Now is an opportunity for you to make new choices. But in order for you to make new choices, you need to know what those Wrong choices were, right? But those choices were that you have made that weren't in alignment with where you want to go. Like that's that saying what 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 got you here isn't gonna get you there, right? Like what, what got you to today isn't gonna get you to tomorrow. So think about how you're showing up. And again, think about how your past experiences, your mother, your aunts, your cousins, your grandmother, how they show up in the world and the way their life looks and what you have adopted and it's really all about self inquiry. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to uproot that and change it. And I, I I keep going on a tangent because I'm so passionate. It's cool. About we're this. tangent friendly here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Me. What was the second question? I don't remember it. Oh, the I second
1: went, one well we, we wanna we were gonna segue into boundaries y- being used as a tool and not a weapon.
2: Hmm. Yes.
1: Yeah, let's do that.
2: Yes. <laughs> You see, I'm like, ooh.
1: <laughs> what are my favorite boundaries.
2: topics. Listen, I love boundaries. Um, however, I have found that some people set boundaries in ways to stunt their own growth. Mm. Like, just because someone triggers you doesn't always mean they're bad. I believe yes. that God brings people into our lives to trigger us to let us know this wound is still here i need you to open it up and, and start cleaning it out you're ready for this one right you're not going to get triggered about something you're you you do not have the capacity to start to do the work on um it's just a matter of you getting into that mindset to do that so when i'm thinking about setting boundaries a lot of times people set up these rigid walls that mm-hmm. don't allow for flexibility don't allow for ebb and flow don't really allow for you to change either <laughs> because mm-hmm. you set this boundary that things must be this way and when you change your mind you don't even allow yourself to change your mind because you put up this boundary and now you have to, you know you feel like you have to live up to this boundary right, right? you have to keep up this whatever um, this image when you're setting boundaries um, from a place i like to say setting boundaries from a place of self-love Mm -hmm. and it's how can i set boundaries that honor me as a human being um but don't stunt my growth so a healthy boundary would look like um let me think like if i tell my partner you can't go nowhere my boundary is you can't go nowhere because you know i don't trust other women Yeah. No. Right? Like mm-hmm. no. But I can tell my partner I I don't want to keep you here, but I would appreciate it if you just let me know like when you're going out, when you're going to be home. Or just communicate with me who you're going to be with. Yeah. Right. And that's your boundary. Your boundary allows for ebb and flow and not this things must be this way because if you're not this way, you're threatening me. What I'm communicating to my partner with this boundary is communication is important to me. Yeah. Right yeah can you just give me that which is a part of a healthy relationship and if and if my partner doesn't give it to me then we're not in a healthy relationship right and so boundaries good boundaries allow you to do those types of things versus the the rigid hard that aren't really room don't really leave room for growth for anyone
1: yeah i i um when you talk about boundaries being used as a weapon and it's stunning your growth and all of that where that takes me to is like when you hear people say, um, "I'm a jealous person," and you just gonna have to deal with it. And if somebody can't deal with my jealousy, then that's my boundary. Like that's the that's where right. I discard them because they can't deal with my issues. But you don't, to your point, if you don't address that issue, then you don't grow. Right. Right. So I, you right. know, we hear this a lot. Like people are like, "I'm, I'm a." I'm mean, so you're just gonna have to deal with me being mean because that's just who I am. And I'm like, I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't. You if that is the if that's the metric by where you discard me, then I'm then I go, I'm gonna have to bounce. Like I can't. Right. Right. <laughs> but a right. lot of people do it.
2: They do. They do. It, it's it's used as a control mechanism if your boundaries are being used to control how, what other people say or do, like that's not a boundary. Right. That's like, you're being a tyrant.
1: <laughs> you're <laughs> right, calling right. in that
2: tyrant right. energy. Thing.
1: Yeah. And I, I always just... tell, yeah, I always tell people when you start leading with stuff like that, that's not you talking, that's your trauma speaking. Like exactly. you can't, <laughs> I'm not going to start off like this, but, mm-hmm. but then what ends up happening is, is if I got my own stuff, Then I think that looks appetizing. I'm like, yeah, let's let's go ahead and bond these traumas together and see what happens. And I'm like, no.
2: Right. (laughs) Now it's a mish a pot full of traumas. I used to be uber jealous. Like, break your windows. Jealous. Wow. See, your tires we got to watch out for you. <laughs> we
1: got to watch out for you. We learned we learned <laughs> it too much tonight, autograph. Listen,
2: you. I used to be but it, like you said it was trauma. I mm-hmm. that was my response. Like you're not going to hurt me. I'm not going to allow you to hurt me. Like you don't have that right versus I'm going to do the work. I'm going to become whole. I'm going to learn to love myself. I'm going to learn that I'm enough, that I'm worthy and I'm deserving, and it's up to that person. To decide what they want to do or don't want to do. And it has nothing right. to do with me. If he steps out, it's not be, you know, it has nothing to do with me. That's his choice. It means yeah. nothing about me. And then now I get to make a decision from that yeah. point. Versus yeah. the you can't, you can't do that because I think you're gonna do the I love that you said that. That jealousy is a trauma, and it is, it is absolutely a trauma response. My boyfriend, yeah. my partner, I don't like to call him a boyfriend because he's a man. Uh, <laughs> 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 My partner uh, is free, is free. Like, he's free. You know, he has tons of females friend, female friends at work. I, he go to happy hour with him. Sometimes I pop up and we all go to happy hour together. But to be where I'm at right now, where I'm comfortable with that, is it feels so good. It feels so good.
1: I'm happy for you, damn it, because... I'm looking at you. I'm, looking, I'm like, she looks, she looks so innocent.
2: <laughs> a lot of work went into this.
1: <laughs> you out here busting out work. windows. And, oh, but, I, but I'm glad you're on the other side of that, though. <laughs> I,
2: that's why I get to tell the story, right? Because yeah. I can say, like, I really was on the other side of this fence. I am telling you, it is absolutely possible to get on this side of the fence, and it feels good.
1: Yeah. It is
2: better than you will ever feel. On the other side,
1: and that's what makes that's what makes you an amazing coach. Mm-hmm. It's the same. It's the same place where I pull from. Like I, I love connecting with people, especially people that have gone through stuff that I've gone through, and that list is long as hell. So I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. did that. Yep, yep, me. Yep, did that. Mm-hmm. Did that. So, um, let's do this. Um, let's talk about. As we, as we begin to go on the downslope now, we're about to um, wrap this up soon, but I want to touch on this. I'm just trying to see what order I want to do it in. So we're talking about healing. We talked about, you know, the different modalities of healing. Um, and we talked about, and, and I think I brought it up about, like, where do you start? Um, what's the difference between someone, or what does it look like when someone Fully owns their experience versus just like just saying like identifying it versus fully like absorbing the fact that yo know, this is really what happened like what um what does that look like in a person because I know and I'm I'm trying to frame it in a way where it makes sense to the to the audience that will be listening um and we touched on it earlier about identifying it. But identifying it doesn't mean you fully absorbed it. So mm-hmm. so can you speak to that a little bit? Like, what's the difference between someone just saying, yeah. Like, I'm going to tell you a perfect example. Somebody told me maybe like some months ago um, that I was trying to coach. And they, was, and they started off because they assumed what I was going to say. And they was like, well, I already know I have daddy issues. So we <laughs> can just kind of, you know, move <laughs> on past that. And I was like, wait. <laughs> So if you could speak to that, please
2: Yeah, yeah, okay Well, that is the skirting of The stuff and not wanting to do the work That's like how we started with the whole Skipping over it, like, yeah, I already know So I'm, you know, I'm done with that And it's like, no, honey You're not, did you go in there? You know, what does that mean That you have daddy issues? What does that look like? How does that show up for you? What is, how do you, how do you feel Saying that you have daddy issues? Yeah, yeah right. Um, and really going into it. And, and I think it's as coaches, it's important for us to catch people doing that <laughs> and like, oh, wait, you know, you said that a little faster than, than you normally, you know, can we, <laughs> can we Way slow down? Can we slow down? Can we stay here a little while longer? And I think that also speaks to you needing to be ready. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's important. You, you need to, it's a commitment. Healing is a commitment that you have to make. The journey is not is not easy, but it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom. It gets to be fun. Like you get to laugh at yourself. You get to do all of that. But anywho, one of the indicators that I would say is um, that you're doing the work or fully owning your story is when shame starts to melt away. Mm. Right? When you start, when you can talk about it and not feel shame, when you can talk about it and your body doesn't respond. Yeah that's how I yeah like that's how I tell when um a trauma is still very much alive for me which Mm -hmm. is how I know which trauma it is and which one I need to work on right my that Mm -hmm. RA makes my gut feel like crazy so my trauma is stuck in my in my gut right Mm -hmm. I know that so when I'm doing work I need to work with that with those chakras those chakras that are in this area I need to do exercises that are in this area i need to eat foods that stimulate the energy in this area it's a holistic approach when you're really ready to do the work Mm -hmm. to heal Mm -hmm. um and so it looks like that like you're taking it seriously and once you get to the point where you've owned the story not necessarily healed it but owned it Mm -hmm. you can tell the story without crying about it i can tell you that at 16 I got rheumatoid arthritis, and I had to drop out of high school, and I couldn't walk for two years. And I could tell you I was an abusive, ridiculously abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I suicide was on my mind. Like I could tell you all these things without crying. I accept it. I cannot tell you about the little moments without crying. Yeah. Right. And so I done part one of accepting the trauma but now I need to go in and do the work. Right. So I don't have shame in my story, yeah. but in order for you to heal, you need to, next step is to objectively look at your story. Yeah. And so like, if you were to step out of it and you were watching someone else go through this experience, what are you noticing? What are the big things that you're noticing along the way? What are the, What are the memories that still exist vividly? Because those are the ones, right? Those are the ones that are coming up because the body's ready for them. Then you start to do the work around them. But shame, shame will hold you and and make you suffer forever. And that's a big one. A lot of people have a lot of shame and the shame is tied to not owning their part.
1: Yep, 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 yep. I think, um, as I think about what you were saying earlier about non-traditional, I think the benefit the even larger benefit to the non-traditional ways that you were talking about that you cited when we're talking about the subject of healing and let's say you're trying to heal from something or some event the stuff that you mentioned it's almost kind of all encompassing of like how you how you need to kind of absorb things for your life in general not just the heal like the healing is like maybe why you arrived there, but like, Mm -hmm. even like the grounding, like if that's a method that you're using to help you heal, it also helps you in in a lot of other aspects of your life at the same time, Mm -hmm. where if you went to, let's say a therapist, they will focus on certain things, but it's not really like a life, Mm
0: -hmm. like a life
1: thing. And I think Mm -hmm. that that, I wanted to focus on that because I think a lot of people don't think about this. Like, if you're doing something to start your healing, but it's also helping you center yourself, it's also helping you learn ways to calm yourself, now you're starting to look at other aspects of your life where you may need these same tools. Yes. But the added benefit is that you're also allowing yourself to try to heal, you know, from whatever the reason why you arrived there. So I think that the benefits are, like, ridiculous. Now that I'm thinking about it, cause I, because the reason why... I keep thinking about it is because I know that I literally like have this, like, um, stupid relationship with stress mm. and really just figuring out like how mm-hmm. to get my, and I'm thinking about the stuff he was talking about and I'm like, I might be trying to heal from a breakup, but this mm-hmm. also might help me with in this area where I might be stressed out or how to deal with a situation that may not have anything to do with why I arrived there. So, yeah. Um, I wanted yeah. to bring that point up because some of us need a lot more than just focusing on that one thing. And if you can kind of come to a place where, even if it's just you calming yourself, <laughs> even if you just started there, it's huge. Yeah,
2: I was going to say another thing that we could throw out there is breath work. Um, we yeah. totally underestimate how powerful breathing is. Um, you will activate your fight or flight um, nervous system right within. I think about. T- 12 seconds, 12 to 15 seconds, Mm -hmm. right? And then it takes forever to shut it down. It takes like, I don't know how many minutes, but more than a 30, usually like 15, 30 plus minutes to shut it down. If you were to start to breathe within those first 10 seconds of experiencing something that is getting ready to send you into that, you can stop yourself from going into the fight or flight mode, right? You can literally activate um, your nervous system and, and, and activate the calming side of it versus the, oh my God, disaster is about to happen. I need to freak out. Right? right. Um, and go that route. So breath work is another one that is really powerful and it goes all the way around breath work can help you move energy through your body.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. And so finding the trauma, so on, I had severe anxiety, mm-hmm. severe anxiety. I woke up every morning and threw up. I, I threw up a couple times a day, like, and, and it didn't matter what I did. It, it didn't matter what I tried. Being, I would wake up with anxiety, and it was puking every morning, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, you're going to be on medication for the rest of your life. I said, the yeah. F not. <laughs> the, no. Mm-mm, no, that's not going to happen to me. And I learned to pay attention to my body. And mm-hmm. so I learned breathing techniques. I learned, I did so much intuitive work. And anyone can do this type of work by listening to their body. Trauma has a way of making us disconnect from our body because our body isn't safe, right? When we experience trauma, we feel like our body isn't safe. We separate from our body. We tend to not feel things. Like that's the the, the avenue that we go down. And so, one of the, the activities of healing trauma is to actually come back into your body and start to connect with it and listen to what it feels, right? Listen to the pain in the back of your head or, you know, your heart palpitating or like for me, my gut feeling like, uh, you know, like a cop just pulled up behind me when I think about that trauma, that's telling me something. But if I'm too busy out here and disconnected from my body and the skirting past things like, yeah, I know that, but uh, I don't even want to recognize how that feels. Yeah, You can't, you know, you can't heal, but it's possible. Like. It's totally possible.
1: Yeah. TK's Chronicle of a Black Sheep podcast says, my anxiety is bad. She says, I started working on breathing. Still a process.
2: Mm -hmm. So, One of the positions I used to put myself in that always worked was the fetal position. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would like sit on the ground, bring my knees up, um, put my arms behind my head and put my head between my knees and like take really massive deep breaths. That really helped a lot. Um, it would almost always curb the anxiety. And usually I had to use that once I kind of crossed the threshold um, mm-hmm. when I was already on the other side. Now I'm very aware if my anxiety is getting ready to come in and, I, I, and I'll i say it, that's when speak to it. Like, oh my God, I feel anxious. And then I start to talk to my body. Well, why are we anxious? What's going on? Like, what can I do? What would help me right now? Should I go drink water? Um, maybe take a shower, wash my hair um cleanse my aura pray meditate walk (laughs) you know what do you need um and really talking to the body to let the body guide you like God create we are magnificent magnificent beings and we don't understand not even a tenth of the capacity that we have as humans right Mm -hmm. in in this body that we have and modern Western medicine tells us we have no control right like we have no control it's, this is this is a computer. We're more like an AI. <laughs> We're more like an AI than a computer, okay? Which learns to, to to heal, to fix itself, to repair itself, to do things like you cut yourself. You don't even have to think about what to do. It just does it for you. And so, imagine if you really started to connect to your body and communicate with it in a way to get it to to listen, to really become one with your body. And I think that's one of the things that I really emphasize in the circle that I do um, with the ladies. We always do movements. There's dance, there's movements all the time. There's meditations, there's breathing, there's visualizations, there's journaling, there's talking, sharing, crying, laughing. There's all of that because all of that has to be a part of healing.
1: Right. Um, Love Tucker says, my anxiety when it's bad shows up as hives.
2: Like I have, Mm.
1: like I have chicken pox, horrible yay Xanax. So, (laughs) so so, hold on one one more, one more. And then we're going to segue into the last part of this um, that I want to get into, um, TK's Chronicles of a Black Sheep says Sunday night, Sunday nights, my anxiety keeps me up going to work on Mondays and not Mm. knowing the BS I may have to deal with (laughs) that right there. It's crazy, but that's I, like a whole other episode. I would love to go into. I mean, if you want to, we can. I don't know what time your bedtime is, but
2: you know. we can we can do that. I feel like that. There's so many layers to that. Um, so many layers to that, and we can really talk about it in in a bunch of different ways. Like, is there a mindset shift that we could do? Um, what can we control within this situation? What is within our control, and what isn't? With you know, what is um, outside of our control and we tend to focus on things that are outside of our control. And that gives us anxiety. Well, yeah. can, it can make anxiety worse. I'm not going to say gives us can right. make anxiety worse. And so what are ways and tools and techniques that we can use um, to support us in navigating the world of anxiety? Because it's very real. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's very huge. real thing.
1: It's huge. And I, 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 the whole thing about listening to your body, I think like probably, Maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit before COVID got real, I was really dealing with a lot of stress. Like, Mm -hmm. I I really, like, I think the part that scares a lot of us is when it starts to affect you physically and then you're like, okay, now I really got to figure this out. But the whole listening to your body thing, that, that has helped me, like, I now know when I need to breathe. I know now when I need to detach from something and really kind of center myself and that's helped Mm -hmm. me out a lot. Like just paying Mm -hmm. attention instead of just keeping pushing, pushing, pushing. I can't do that anymore. Like it scares me to go back to feeling like that again. So I'm like, let me, let me detach. Let me take a break. Let me do what I need to do to make sure that I'm good.
2: It takes us back to like the the statement that I made earlier of us, like we're the only creatures that don't live in their purpose. We, we're not even, like we, we're living in the hamster wheel, kind of doing what society tells us must be done when it must be done and so on and so forth, that we don't pause to think about what, what is gonna help me feel good. Mm-hmm. And that is somewhat seen as a terrible thing to do. And I am so against that <laughs> perception because if you're not okay, if you're not whole, if you're not taking care of you, you cannot show up as your best self anywhere, like anywhere.
1: Very true. Very true. Love, and, love Tucker but, says, and I got into the alternatives that helped me not have the hives or take pills. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
2: There's so much. Yep. There's it, so much out there. Natural ways. I love that he said yeah. that because there's so many natural ways, um, mm-hmm. To support ourselves, I always go back and think about our, you know, ancestors and, and ancient societies, and you know what kind of illnesses that they have, and how did they manage them? And you see a lot of them knowing how to use plants, um, yeah. and how how to rituals, and you know, like the dancing around the fire every night and telling stories. Mm-hmm. That wasn't just dancing around the fire every night and telling stories. That was moving energy within their bodies. That was mm. grounding themselves from all the work they did that day. That was celebrating the life that, that was just all these different acts that bring us into the human experience. Um, and society doesn't want us to, I could go on a tangent on that shit, but <laughs> society doesn't really want us to, to be present to that. But yeah, it, it's it's really important stuff.
1: Yeah, Erica says her anxiety shows up as headaches. Um, mm. that's huge too and dangerous because mm. mm-hmm. i deal with i dealt with deal with that too with stress my stress shows up as headaches too mm. um and so let's do this we're going to talk about the power of community while healing yeah and then you can use that as an opportunity to segue because I really want you to talk about the sister circle and, and what that is and, and the why and the how and all of that. So people can really absorb not only what it is and what you bring to the table as far as that, but like like really how powerful it is. So um, mm-hmm. the power of community while healing and then you can segue into what you do or do it both at the same time. I don't know got
2: it (laughs) so the power of community so
1: often i think when when we're doing
2: healing work we tend to want to go hide in our room by ourselves Mm -hmm. and that's okay to an extent right that's okay to an extent but what i have found is when you can surround yourself with a community of women that are willing to hold space for you not try to fix you not try to tell you what to do or what not to (coughs) do But just hold space for you and allow you to be in your mess. Allow you to to be in your authenticity in the moment. There's a certain power in that. And that goes back to what I, I think I shared at the beginning that like circles go back over 30,000 years. Women used to gather when they had their, once, once they got their periods, right? Um, and they would have like these moon houses, these red houses, red tents, I think they called them. And the women would gather and you would have the you know the older women the crones that are already in their menopause with the the moms and then the daughters that just got their cycle and they would be in these houses and they would support each other through the process right of the cycle we don't even honor our cycle as women anymore and that might be a little too much but we don't and the thing is it's a part of our process right it's a part of who we are and it was a way for women to have community to support one another to talk to cry about the burdens that they felt that they were carrying so that they can go back out into the world and continue on their mission right continue on on doing the things that meant that mattered to them and so i firmly believe that you can expedite your healing process when you have community Mm -hmm. because you and I, I refer to all the women in my circles as sisters, right? You and a fellow sister is, you know, you might be going through the same thing or she may have already gone through it and you're just going through it. And she doesn't tell you, oh, you should do X, Y and Z. Right. She says, I went through this and this is what helped me. Mm hmm and i love that i think we always tend to go between i don't know if you know of the drama triangles so you have the the rescuer the prosecutor and the victim it kind of goes between Mm -hmm, these three you're either being a victim you're either Mm -hmm. (laughs) persecuting or you're rescuing someone and we tend to ping pong between these three and that's not healthy right Mm -hmm. and the reason we do that is because we don't want to really sit in any single one of them so we're constantly moving through all of them Mm -hmm. but if we were to just separate ourselves from needing to save anyone from needing to feel like a victim and have people feel bad for us, or from needing to blame anyone and say it was someone's fault or not, mm-hmm. you get to then sit in the essence of what that experience is. And mm-hmm. so community and circles gets to be that space where you do it safely.
1: Right. Right.
2: You do it safely.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think we we got a, a whole c- a circle here in the comments about anxiety. They're like, we need yeah. to a show about everybody. Everybody's like, yep, yeah, me, <laughs> me too, me too, me too. Me too so yeah that anxiety is real it's real. that would real.
2: be something you know that we would go into the circle and try to understand like if we were in a women's circle i'd be taking us in there like let's go on a journey and let's go in and let's see if let's see if our higher self our intuition our spirit guides however you want to refer to you know the things that exist between the realms um but going into meditation brings us into theta wave right so it allows us to bring our brain waves down and really slow it down which opens us up to a different frequency and different sources of information and so through that visualization we can go in and say okay like what is this tied to right and allow our higher self to guide us to that memory and that's something that i talk about a lot in the circles not second guessing what's coming up for you never second guess what your intuition is telling you because you think it's not right, right? And what I have found is that has been really transformational for the women because they're accepting things that they would otherwise not accept. Yeah. And that's like we share that that's part that's part of the process is accepting it. So going in and trying to figure out where when was this anxiety born? What yeah. birthed it? You know? And how is yep. it keeping you safe? Because we tend to think of things as um, harmful, but how is it keeping you safe? What is its purpose? Very,
1: very yeah. true. So yeah. that's what I want you to do now. I want you to tell everybody anything that you have offerings coming up, yes. and and what they entail, and how people can uh, can can find um, healing through yes. these things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let yes, people know yes, what you yes. got coming up, and then let them know how to find you got it all right so i have
2: as you as we've been talking about throughout the program monthly healing circles that i facilitate with women of all shades and backgrounds which i think makes the space all that much more amazing um it's a membership program so you would sign up for three months and i always get the question why three months because you can't just come once and get the you know reap the the benefit like it's a commitment and so i don't know but i don't tie you to a year right? So you get to come for three months, experience it. If it's for you, you get to sign back up and stay for another three months. And that's the way that I do it. So you're always free to step out, but I hold you accountable when you step in. And so that's always available to you. And you can always find the link in my bio on Instagram. It's always there. It's called Sacred Healing Circles. And we meet once a month. But what I want to take an opportunity to talk about which I think is really tied to, you know, some of the things we talked about here today is a new program that I just launched today called Sacred Heart. And what Sacred Heart is, it's a healing circle for mothers and their preteen daughters. So daughters between the ages of 10 and 13. And I picked that demographic because although I was working with my clients one-on-one, I found that I was really supporting them. In the middle of of this transition phase that our daughters are going through. And I decided to create a space where mothers and their daughters get to come in and create a solid foundation to build a relationship upon as their daughter transitioned from their little girl into a young woman. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a big block. I know it's a big block, you know, for it was for my mom. (laughs) My mom's transition was, you know, don't play with boys. And that was the end. And so we really pulled apart and we drifted and we bumped heads and so my mission with this program is your daughter is becoming a young woman which means she's going to have her own um her own opinions her own values her own perspective and we need to learn to open ourselves up to hear that and so sacred heart is a three-month container and we would meet six times and i'll Go into it if you want to <laughs> on a phone call. I don't want to keep us here any longer. But it's going to be an amazing transformational program because it's going to, through the program, your daughter's going to gain confidence and so are you. You're going to be supported by a community of other mothers and they're going to be supported by a community of other daughters. Um, we're going to do curiosity assignments. There's art included in it. But the, at the end goal is that you and your daughter walk away with what I'm calling a promise a promise of a shared vision of what your relationship gets to look like with them as they transition into this next phase of their life and and make it so that it's not hard make it so that you're not bumping heads and and alleviate that feeling of wanting to kind of cower away because you're trying to give your daughter space to be independent and at the same time you need to be a parent Yeah, yeah and so finding that balance but i'm really excited about it and um it's by application only though So because Mm -hmm. this container is super sacred, you can't just sign up. Um, I'm doing a call. So we would have to get on the phone, have a conversation. Because like I said, I wanna make sure that the women and the daughters that step into this container are one, prepared for it, um, and two, are gonna just give as a part of this experience because it's circle and it's not just about me, it's about what we all bring into the space.
1: Right, I like that. I like that a lot. It's very necessary. And it, it also speaks to, to what I attempt to do here sometimes, well, most of the time and what we do on the, on the real shop talk is, is really kind of lead the charge by example. Like Mm -hmm. once you, once you have information that you can share, then it's our duty to, to kind of be a part of a community and to help grow that community. Um, I do want you to, I do want you to back up a little bit and I want you to expound a little bit more on the, on the, um, the, the original sister circle. Yes. So this is, this is where I want you to go with this. Cause I know my audience and this is what they're thinking. The sister circle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Does it have, like, if I have a specific, um, thing that I want to address, let's say, mm-hmm. What does a sister circle focus on certain things or am mm-hmm. I coming in just as myself and I'm just garnering information based on whatever I'm dealing with? Like some people are going mm-hmm. to say, I want to join a sister circle, but will they be addressing what I'm dealing with?
2: Mm. Oh, I love that you asked that because mm-hmm. one of the biggest things is surrender.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Sometimes we think we know what we need. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we're wrong, right? When we're here, when we're in here. But when we're here, that's different, right? When we're in here, we tend to think like, I have daddy issues and that's done. Right, Right, right. And so the way that the circle topics are picked are intuitively. So the ladies in the circle that are a part of it now, they sometimes will say, you know, I wanna do this thing the next time we meet. And if everyone's in agreement, then that's what we'll do the next time we meet. Gotcha, but gotcha. they, the way that we've done it, and we've been doing it now going on a, almost a year, they don't ever pick a topic. <laughs> it's usually like we do the work, and um, maybe something comes up, and I'm just like, I feel, right? So I'm really in my body. I feel like this is what we need next,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? Mm-hmm. And I'll present that to them and allow them to say, oh, you know, more often than not, there's a yes. Um, Other times, I don't, we don't feel anything within that session. And I spend the next two, three weeks just waiting and listening, just waiting and listening for my guides to tell me what the circle is going to be about. Mm -hmm. And for this particular circle that we're having on Sunday, it's about the unknown, right? Which is a big part of healing. We don't know what's on the other side. We don't know what's going to happen when we start to bring things up. We don't know the possibilities that exist for us. So how can we learn to become comfortable with the unknown? Yeah. And how can we use the unknown as a space for um, for transformation, for growth, uh-huh. for release, for all those things? And the reason that the topics are the way that they are is because I too don't want to put my women in a box. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. yeah, your story is your own. And so I get to take us on a journey to figure out what your story is and what your story is. But we always share, you know, then we share. I always get women that say, oh, I never I don't like talking in front of people. I can't tell you how many women I've had say that. I've never had an issue with a woman coming into yeah. circle in
1: that. It, isn't that funny how that works? <laughs> like when it, when when people when you put people in a group and one person starts talking, then it's like it's almost like they they feel like they're, they're now given permission to share. Yeah. and then it, and then the floodgates open. Yeah. And so I wanted you to talk about that part because sometimes you don't know what you need yeah. until you're in the environment and then you're like I'm glad I came. This isn't mm-hmm. even the topic that I came for, but damn it, I'm coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I wanted, yeah. That's that's literally <laughs> And that's
2: exactly the energy. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like cuz exactly I cuz I experienced this when I'm in different forms and like sometimes even when I'm looking at comments and just like tonight who knew all of these people dealt with anxiety, right? Right. And so it took one person to say I had it, and then everybody else was like, Me too, me too, me too. And once mm-hmm. you're able to to be in a space where you can openly talk about it, people get real brave when they when they know that they're around <laughs> other people. Yeah. It's yeah. a
2: it's a it's a freedom. It's like I call it the you know, I always say step into your authentic self. Step into yeah. the circle and you get to step into you right? Yep. Because no one in this space is judging you. Right? Yep. Everyone is showing you love. Everyone is here to support you wherever you are. You know, yeah. I've had a circle where we, we created, it was an activity that we did called the chatterbox. And that was about going into the mind and learning that we actually have control over our thoughts. Right, We think we don't, but we actually do. And so how can we harness that, that, that power, that ability and use it to our advantage? And one of the ladies, after we did the exercise, like, you know, when it was her turn to share, um, shared that. And I'm only sharing because I know she is like, use me to market the circle. Like, she does that all the (laughs) time. So I'll share. I won't share her name. But what she said was, um, she came on and she was crying. And she's like, I couldn't see the damn box. (laughs) She's like, I couldn't see it. So I smashed it. And I feel so bad because all of you saw your boxes and your boxes were beautiful and you saw your thoughts and and I didn't see it and I, and I broke it down. And, and I'm like, perfect. And that's what everybody else said to her too. Perfect, because we're not here competing against one another. We're here to mm-hmm. hold space and you get to break your box because that's what you needed to do. You needed to break it so you broke it and good for you for doing that, right? right. Like Good for you for doing that. And then two weeks later she writes me and she's like, I created a new box. Yeah. I created a new box, can I send you a picture? She actually drew it out and mm-hmm. sent me the picture of it. And that's the power of circle. And like, that's the magic of circle and community and having that. It's, she, like, I love this, I love her so much. Me and her have been working together for two years and I love her so much. And mm. she cares about her growth like and she tries and she allows herself to be not okay to be in the mess, to be angry, and then to celebrate and be happy. And like, she allows herself to go through it. Um, And I think that's powerful, right? Some people in the circle only see colors. Mm -hmm. Like when we're doing the exercises, they never get the words. (laughs) They never get the stuff. And they just come back and they're like, I saw purple. And then I saw green. And then I look it up. I'm like, oh, this is what purple means. This is what green means. What were you thinking about? Oh, this is how this ties into what you were thinking about. so it's really a sacred safe space and that is a staple program that will always be there like my the sacred monthly healing circles will never go anywhere it is it is amazing for the women it is amazing for me and like when we talked about the holistic stuff on circle day i don't work Mm -hmm. i don't take client sessions i eat really healthy i meditate Mm -hmm. i ground i burn my sage i do my oracle spread i bring my crystals (laughs) i I pray I do all the stuff to create the container so that when they show up, they literally just, it's like everything that they had before they came is gone and they're here, they're present and they're
1: in the container.
2: And that's powerful.
1: That's amazing.
2: Yeah, it's powerful. And now I get to create, you know, and that's where I'm creating like, okay, I do this for moms. How can I support moms that are doing this healing journey that want to be the last, right? That want to be the, 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 the last stick that burns and not bring the trauma Towards their children, yeah, to create a container where now they get to bring their daughters into it. And we actually do start to do the work. Yeah. Right. To unpack that and, and and support them in doing what they're doing while we're all supporting the girls in in establishing good, healthy boundaries and learning how to speak up and like one of the activities in in the the sacred heart is um the end assignment is a piece of artwork that the mother and the daughters are going to create together Mm -hmm. but the daughters are the ones who are going to present it to the room full of women why because they get to see themselves being heard and their voices being valued right and what they desire as important and so it's just as much for the mothers as it is for like and and that's like i said transitioning what i already do here Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and creating this other thing here that i i know it's needed
1: yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. You got me smiling mm. over here. Cause that's, how <laughs> I'm telling you, it's important for us to, 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 to think about how we fit in this whole puzzle and what we bring to this thing and really use our, like we talked to just to help bring this whole thing home, man. It's like mm-hmm. when we talked about healing, when we talked to, we're talking about community and just being able to share experiences and, and growing in that way. and, And really looking at who you are and living as your organic self, when you bring that to a table like this, the magic that happens, like, I haven't done something specifically like that. But just me moving around and just engaging as many people as I do on a daily basis, there's power in sharing. Mm-hmm. And the way that you talked about how you're framing it out, I can tell that you thought a lot about every piece of this thing, and that's why I like you too, cause your brain <laughs> is, like you be doing, you be doing this stuff like me. So when you when you frame it out like that, and it really makes sense to people, and they're in that environment, the structure, but you also give them the 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 ability to kind of relax, and and it's not like you're you got a PowerPoint presentation and you're like no no no. Right. So. I, I value that, and I, I want people who are listening and who will listen make sure that you, if this sounds like something that you yourself need to to really like gravitate towards, and then the whole thing with the mother and the daughter, that thing right there, it's gonna be a powerhouse.
2: I, I actually just launched it today, and I already sold four spots.
1: We like four spots like are already really, gone. Like people in the comments, I know some of y'all. Some of y'all are um, kind of up here with me and aging. Y'all kids is probably about yeah,
2: twenty five. Yeah. But you might know someone, right? That's, that's what
1: I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. What if you know somebody, <laughs> let them know. If you know somebody, please forward them to uh, to Alta. See, I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna call you Alta Gracia because that's what I that's how I first met. <laughs> I I'm love not doing that name. I'm not shortening the name. I, I'm gonna stick with the long name. Um, make sure y'all forward. I put I put her. Um, her IG at in the um, comments. So make sure you guys go back and please fo- if you do nothing else, follow her. Cause she got stuff coming. Like i will be watching her timeline and the things be beautiful. Let be like, yes, this is coming. Yes. Here's a tip. And I'm like, damn it. Let me go back to the drawing board and work on my stuff. <laughs> so make make sure y'all follow oh, her. You. See what she's got going on. Forward people to her. If you know, cause y'all got to experience her energy tonight. Y'all got to experience yeah. her knowledge tonight. This this right here lets you know that you're going to be in a safe place. So make sure that you that you hook up with her. Um, like I said, follow her. If nothing else There's some inspiration on there and some tips on there. like you get everything. So thank you. <laughs> just just go there. Trust me, you you won't be disappointed. So on that note, I thank you for coming back. It's not going to be the last time. You know that. So um, <laughs> thank you again. Um, if there's anything you want to say before we get out of here. Now's the time. Mm. And We're going to get we're going to get out of here.
2: I just want to thank you. I honestly want to thank you because your energy from the beginning has been so supportive um, and so open and just like human. And in this world of business, right, of trying to grow what we're trying to grow to help other people, I honestly honor your the way you show up in your masculine energy because you have a very good balance of the masculine and the feminine. You, you are comfortable in both. And so I want to thank you for not only our interaction but for doing what you're doing i think it's anytime. it's going to be a game changer
1: anytime anytime so on that note guys make sure you go to relationshipgumbo.info, the website make sure you follow all my social media youtube especially subscribe follow me on instagram because those pop-ups are legendary when i pop up and go live those things those things be yeah they they digging your guts a little bit but we all need that sometime to really unearth some things so the podcast mm-hmm. as much as i love it the instagram lives it's, it's, they they a little bit more off the hinges so <laughs> you you it's not like, so i
2: want to go on there
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're invited to come on one day if you're free we could talk about that we can we can all talk right. about some stuff so stay tuned i'm not opposed to that so um so yeah guys, just make sure you connect with me, connect with Alta Gracia, and uh, and just keep keep following this community that we have, the real shop talk and all the people, TK's Chronicles of a Black Sheep, Eric had Dope Discussions. Everybody, you know, everybody got something going. Let's let's connect and build this thing. So y'all um have an amazing rest of your night, amazing rest of your weekend, weekend. Take care of yourselves and your families and whatever's going on floating in the air. Just kinda be safe. I don't even know what yeah. to call it anymore. But <laughs> I ain't even going to go there. Uh, 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 well, I'm enjoying it there. I love it. Yeah, just be safe. And uh, we will, well, we. Yeah, we, because we're going to do this again. We're going to see yeah. you next time. And, um, <laughs> and y'all have an amazing night. Thank you guys for coming.
0: Thank you okay everybody wants good love that's true i know derrick jones about to break it down with the relationship gumbo welcome to the podcast ain't no doubt we all need this hey because better relationships need better ingredients hey so if you want better relations it's about communication finding love staying together we all want to make it better yeah derrick jones the host your relationship coach thank you all for tuning in relationship gumbo